0: Welcome to the Andy Griffin Show. Wake up! With your chance to sound off, give your opinion, and tell us your thoughts. It's on. It's now. It's here. It's the Andy Griffin Show on News Radio 890. 92.5. KDXU, Southern Utah's news talk leader. Welcome to the program. I'm Andy, live in the camping world of St. George Studios. Thanks for joining in today. A sunshiny, but I'm told cold day. I've been here a few hours, so I'm, it was cold when I got here, but it's always cold at 5 a.m., it seems like. Anyway, uh, Police Day today. Kyle Whitehead, the Chief of Police of St. George City, is here, along with Communications Director and uh, PIO, Public Information Officer Tiffany Mitchell. Hi, Tiffany. Hi, Kyle. How are you guys? Hey, good morning. Great. Good morning. Thanks for coming on the program today. I really appreciate you guys. Regulars here. Uh, I actually was trying to get uh, Nate Brooksby on, too, our acting sheriff in the county, and uh, Kind
1: of actually, newly elected. Newly Sheriff. elected.
0: That's yeah. right. Uh, that kind of fell through. But we're going to get Nate on here. He actually is committed to coming and being on on the show occasionally. So, uh, looking forward to having him on there too. As we get our 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 our, our law enforcement officers on here. And by the way, folks, uh, today you might get pulled over by. Uh, Kyle Whitehead himself. I, I don't know. It's a weird, it would be like an honor to be pulled over by the chief of I police. I don't know about that. But at the same time it would be like, well, I just got pulled over though. So it's not an honor. I, I don't know.
1: So yeah. in, in light of our, we're really trying to push a, a traffic campaign. Um trying to get people to slow down and, and reduce crashes this year. And so in, in an effort, me and, and the rest of my command staff will be out today working with the traffic unit, Um, throughout the day trying to help with some of that just be some extra bodies out there so you may see some extra unmarked cars so just beware
0: Um, are you going to be in an unmarked car oh yeah we
1: are our our administrative vehicles are unmarked so they're they're a little harder to spot than those than the the regular marked cars so a little sneaky
0: i remember years ago this would have been like 1982, we're talking a long, long time ago. But uh, my buddies and I were trying to get to. We had a, a, a girls' basketball team that was nationally ranked, and we were they were playing a game across. The, this was in Salt Lake, across town, and we were running late. And we actually cut through a gas station
2: oh, uh, no. at, a, at
0: a red light. We cut through a gas station, and there was an unmarked police car behind us, and we got pulled over. We didn't get a ticket. But we got yelled at though. It wow. is
3: illegal. It is illegal to yeah. avoid a traffic signal day. To-
0: yeah, go through a parking lot. We did that, and and it was uh, it was a long time. I actually wasn't driving, but I I was I got to hear the lecture uh, firsthand mm-hmm. right there. <laughs> I was I was in the front seat, front passenger seat, got to hear the lecture. It was yeah, it was a pretty good one. So, uh, but don't cut through gas stations, people. Come on now. <laughs> We we talked a little bit about hotspots uh, last time you guys were on here a month ago, but uh, let's reiterate a couple of them, especially the speeding part of it. I know that that's been a real concern of the St. George Police Department lately. What are the what are the worst streets for speeding right now uh, above the speed limit?
3: Well, everyone will say every street in the city, but this morning, <laughs> uh, we the the day shift uh, officers in this area of North Bluff about twelve fifty North Bluff. And some traffic unit worked on speeders coming southbound on, you know, coming down SR-18 to where, down the it, it, yep, yeah. where the flyover it switches from 55 to 45. So wow. as you know, we've had a couple of crashes there, three mm-hmm. fatalities and two mm-hmm. crashes. So where speed was a major, uh, major factor. So right today, that's where we worked on. But it seems like Dixie Drive is, is a hot one. Uh, the boulevard, even people don't realize it's only 30 miles an hour there. River Road's only 40. So everywhere we're having we have issues. So we're just trying to hit those hot spots. And- Something
1: I might mention on the heels of our radio program. I think it's only been three weeks ago that we met last. That's, that's right. You guys, uh, yeah. We had a caller uh, talk about Mall Drive and some of the concerns there. And mm-hmm. if you recall, we had someone go over there that that day. In okay. fact, during the program and start focusing on that uh, for several weeks. They focused on mm-hmm. Mall Drive, and you know it's it looks like they've been able to reduce some of those speeders um, mm-hmm. after after several days of of uh, targeted enforcement it, it dropped the speeders back down to where they should be and so but we continue to focus over there as well so
0: it's so hard when you're going down a hill to keep that speed I, I, and i'm not making excuses i'm just saying that sometimes you go down a hill and you forget your what you're doing you don't even have to really hardly push on a gas on some of those roads when you're going down downhill far enough and and all of a sudden you look down and you're 10 or 12 or 15 over. So uh, that's just a matter of being aware, I guess, more than anything. In this day and age, there are so many distractions, but just being aware. I know our new car has, you know, we have one of the screen, the touch screens, and it has like 87,000 different things you can do on the touch screen. And it's like, if if I wanted, I could pay attention to that and not driving. And that's that's not good.
3: No, it's not good. That's, that's kind of the point is we want, we want people to... When you're behind the wheel, that's what you're doing. That's that's your job is to make sure that you're you're driving only driving, paying attention to what's going on in front of you and around you.
0: In this cell phone era, I mean, obviously, distracted driving is bigger than it's ever ever been. Uh, but but is it as big a problem as it sounds like it is? I mean, you guys are there on the front lines with this. Is is this something that? Like, is it a leading cause of accidents now, distracted driving?
1: Yeah, I, I think it is. Wow. A lot of it is hard to show. You know, once the crash occurs, of course, sure. it's it's hard to really prove. But um, I'll tell you, uh, because I drive an unmarked car, it's, it's often, and it's very unassuming. It blends in very well. Um, I see, if I were to stop cars only for people with their cell phones up and driving on my commute to and from work, uh, I would probably be an hour late going oh, both man. ways. I mean, I, I I really, literally, I see probably a half dozen people wow. each commute. You know, it's it's really a problem. I know there's a bill right now. Um, we may talk about this in a little bit, but yeah. uh, before the the legislature, they're in session, um, looking at some new ways to uh, hopefully make our our state better. But uh, they're they're looking at some legislation now to, to potentially make it a hands free state. Um, and I, and I'm, I think personally, I think we're to that point, you know, we, we need to, it's at a point now where we've, we've got to put the phones down. Um, all of these cars have the, the Bluetooth connections. You can, their, their voice, uh, voice activated. And we, we've got to get away from, um, being able to have these devices, you know, and hopefully people would just do it willingly and voluntarily, but we're seeing that's not the case. And we continue to see these, these texting and distractions. It's, it's unfortunate.
2: Yeah.
3: So, according to the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration, there are six deadly decisions, deadly choices, and distraction is definitely distracted, distracted driving is one of those six.
0: Ooh. What do you know? The others off, off the top of your head? Uh,
3: I do. It's uh, speed, speed, distraction, driving left of center, hmm. um, following too close, failure to yield. I believe
0: seat belts in there or, no no
3: hmm. let me think about the sixth one i'll get back to you
1: okay probably a lot of the things we've been talking about over the the last few, few yeah. months
0: yeah for sure um you know you mentioned uh what, what was it what was the way you termed it when you go over the middle line uh, left of
3: left of center
0: left of center mm-hmm. yeah uh i don't know if it was here i think it was up in salt lake but uh, just just uh, there was a fatality on the road recently in the last week where somebody went over the center line. I think it was on Bangor Highway, actually, now that I think about it. Uh, And it was a young person, maybe 25 years old, and they lost their life because they went over the center line and hit a a dump truck head on. And of course, the people in the truck were hardly hurt. But I'm thinking what what could possess a young person, unless it's distracted driving yeah. to go over the center line? Because gener I mean, you know, if you hear an eighty year old go over a center line, you're thinking, Okay, medical, you know, maybe a heart attack or a stroke or something like that. But a twenty five year old male going over the center line just doesn't make sense unless they were just not paying attention.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard to say. I, but I think a good portion of those probably are due to distractions. And sometimes we think about distractions as just being our phones. And, and I think that is a big part of it. But, you know, we, we see everything from people um, applying makeup, eating breakfast with two hands and steering with their knees. <laughs> Shaving. I mean, yeah, that people are, you know, maybe distracted by their kids in the back seat and mm-hmm. trying to deal with a problem back there instead of pulling over and just uh, addressing whatever the issue is. It's 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 surprising at how many distractions there are in, in these cars nowadays.
0: That being said, I think phones are probably still number one, though, right? About oh, absolutely. The and uh, just go sit and have dinner with somebody at somebody's house, and after about uh, after you eat, maybe not even until when you're done eating, but at some point, everybody's grabbing their phones and checking something, and yeah, it can it can be a little bit frustrating. Uh, you were talking a little bit about legislation. I know the session is in right now; they're working on laws and bills and things, and I'm I'm curious. At what point does it come across your desk, Kyle, as the chief of police, when a new law or a new order is put into place? Do you get like an email and a memo and you have to read it in front of everyone? I mean, how does that work?
1: No, the state's actually very good. The attorney general's office each year, um, they're very involved in the the legislative process. There's actually a law enforcement legislative committee that's very involved in um, tracking and, and giving input on these bills and so what they do is once the legislature is is done and then that wraps up they will put together a a summary and then they'll actually go on and and come to different parts of the state and present and talk about the bills and just kind of give an overview on what's changing particularly with law enforcement what we need to be aware of and so uh, usually when they come and come here it's out at the sheriff's office and we send a couple of our staff out there to take notes and and then we bring that back and disseminate it to to our organization.
0: Is it, it sounds like the, you know, you know the old game where you, somebody tells the, person in the front of the line of secret and then after about seven people the the secret has completely changed it. Is there any risk of that i know i i mean do you have some kind of official document you get or, or yeah they
1: usually give us a summary okay. and then the, the bills i mean they're they're you can go online and see what the actual bill is and and when we before we convey it to our our department that's what we try and do is base it off of the bill itself, some, sometimes the bills aren't real clear, and yeah. um, don't give us clear direction. And so we'll have to seek some legal counsel, legal guidance from our city attorney's office, from the county attorney's office hmm. on how best to proceed with with some of these. Um, for example, a few years ago when they passed the, the medical marijuana statute and right. all of that went into play, there was, there was quite a bit of uh, confusion and questions um, amongst the law enforcement community on, okay, this bill is passed now, what actually does it mean? And one of our uh, prosecuting attorneys in the city attorney's office spent probably a month putting together information and re- information researching. And then he came in and provided a, a few hours of training to our officers. And it was very helpful. He did a great job. And so, yeah, some of these, sometimes it can get a little confusing.
0: Yeah, it's not as simple as, OK, if it's in a gummy bear, it's illegal yeah. uh, or, or something like that. I, I know what you're saying. Uh, well, it's good. Uh, you know, d- does what's the process uh, when, when something is passed? Uh, you mentioned uh, off air to me that sometimes you get, you know, it might be May. You might get some new, new laws that you have to worry about. It might be uh, January 1st of next year. Uh, how do you know? When do you find all that out?
1: Usually, when the bill is passed, there is a date that okay. it'll go into effect. Um, hmm. Generally, we see those either in May, uh, following the session, or it seems like July. It's usually, sometime between May and July. Sometimes they'll wait until the next uh, the next year, calendar year, um, and sometimes they go into effect immediately, depending on what the what the statute is and what I guess the
0: the they feel that the need is to to enact the law. If it's urgent enough, I guess. Yeah. Tiffany, I saw you hurriedly looking things up. How did you do?
3: I found it. So we'll (laughs) go over the six deadliest choices according to NHTSA. Uh, It's speed, right of way, distracted driving, improper turns, driving left to center, and following too close.
0: I was thinking about, you know, my time as a motorcycle rider. I don't ride much anymore. Actually, I don't ride at all anymore. Uh, But uh, I, I was thinking about your list, I'm like, okay, this person that pulled in front of me and, and caused me to crash did like three of the six things, <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and and it didn't affect him because his car was hardly hurt, but I was, I still have some physical problems from it, and that's been five years, so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've never had, I'm fortunate. I've never had someone close to me die in a traffic accident. You guys deal with this kind of stuff every single day though. Uh, and, and the life altering things. And, you know, I guess I'm reflecting back a lot because I did spend some time recently in the hospital, but, uh, I'm just, I'm looking at it and I'm going, we don't take this seriously enough, do we? Because people are maimed, people are killed, and, and you can't undo that kind of thing. Does it affect you guys, or are you able to kind of put in a little box in the corner and and, uh, and, and let it go by?
3: I think a little of both. Of course, it sticks with us. All of this does, mm-hmm. everything we see. And I think that's why what drives us to want to improve it is because we see the negative and the terrible side effects that that these actions have. So people will Sometimes they give us a little bit of heat over, oh, you just want to write tickets. You just want, you know, yeah, this or quota, that.
0: Quota, quota, whatever. Yeah, yeah, or money,
3: money, whatever. But that's not the case at all. It's a per, it's personal to us. We see it daily, and, and it shouldn't happen to anybody. And so that, that's the point to it all. But, yes, it does. It, it sticks with this a little bit. You try to you do what you can to tuck it away in a box because and, mm-hmm. and, you have to. You've got to move on. There's going to be another call. There's going to be another crash. There's going to be someone else that needs to be stopped. And yeah. uh, so you've got to just keep moving.
0: Good point. You know, years ago, I, I don't think I've ever told this story on the air, but uh, years ago, we lived in a little upstairs apartment in Logan. My wife and I were going to college. didn't have any kids yet. And uh, one night I heard this weird little, it was, you know, winters in Logan are very unforgiving. And it's, you know, it's it's zero degrees with a wind chill of minus 20 or whatever. And, and so uh, I hear outside, you know, through the closed windows, I hear s- some kind of, moaning or, or, or I couldn't tell what it was. I thought it was an animal. And, uh, I mentioned to my wife, I said, what is that? And she said, I don't, I don't hear anything. And, and we waited a few more minutes and then it was there again. And I, and I, I said, what is that? She said, I don't know. And I said, should I go out and check on it? And she's like, oh, it's, it's minus 20 windchill. You don't want to go outside. Plus we would have had to go the way the thing was set up. I would have had to go out and around and by anyway, it would have been a pain in the neck. So I didn't, I didn't go check on it. Uh, and then, Uh, It happened again a couple of nights later, and it happened again a couple of nights after that. And after we had moved out, I had found out that uh, this uh, guy, this couple that lived down there, he was uh, abusing her, and she would go outside to cry and mourn and and just, you know, to get away from him. And uh, I just, it's haunting to me. Now, I mean, we're talking about, this was like 89, so we're talking about it 40-something years later, uh, or I am anyway, because it's haunting to me. That's why I, when I ask you guys about some of the experiences you've had, I, it's hard for me to imagine that you can put them away like that. I know it's, it's got to be almost a training, right? To put some of that away. When you when you come upon a fatality in a traffic accident, you know that that person that passed away had a family and people that loved them and and you have to put that away. It seems like so, so such a hard thing to do.
3: Yeah. I think it, you know, I think personality plays into it and, and the the need to just, you've got to get the job done and you don't have time to, hmm. to reflect on any of that at that point. It's not that we don't feel it. We just, we can't express it. There's, we have a job to do and hmm. chief, I guess.
1: Yeah, I think it depends on the person. Some people are, are probably better at compartmentalizing it than others and some need to talk about it some need to even get some counseling for for some of the things Uh, i can think back of in my career there are a few things that to this day still are very very vivid in my mind Mm -hmm. um and i can see them like they were like they happened yesterday um you know, it, trauma and, and violence and things like that. It's, it's something that, that does tend to, to stay with you. And, you know, you're probably never going to forget it. Yeah. But hopefully people, we can, uh, the officers can find healthy ways to, to um, work through it so that it doesn't cause ongoing problems
0: when i was a, When I was a youth, maybe fourteen, fifteen, sixteen years old, in there uh, we had a police officer that lived in my neighborhood and at, at some point in the line of duty, he had to use his gun and take someone 's life. Uh, I remember how much that affected him he was he was uh, to use the vernacular of the day he was messed up for a while mm-hmm. uh, uh, because i, I can't speak for you guys, but I I would assume you never ever want to have to take someone's life. That's like a last resort kind of thing.
3: No, absolutely. We're we're trained to do that. Of course, we don't want to do that. Um, so that we have a we have a good setup in training to where with de-escalation and you know slowing down and, and taking mm-hmm. our time before we go into any situation, especially if if we're talking about someone that's going through a mental health crisis or even domestic violence, Some, you know, someone that's being violent or may have weapons. We, you know, we're trained to, to slow down and, and do what we can to not escalate the situation and hopefully de-escalate it before it becomes violent. And then going back to you talking about, decar- uh, you know,
0: compartmentalization. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, we have a really great program we've just been implementing the last year or so in the Department of Peer Support System mm. to be able to help our fellow officers deal with the stresses of life, whether it's at work or home or financial or, or whatever that may be, so that we can all stay as, you know, as mentally healthy as possible and feel like we have someone to go to and some resources to deal with the stress of this job.
0: I'm glad to hear that because uh, it's no secret that those that serve in the military or those that those mm-hmm. that serve, you know, on the police department are more likely to do harm to themselves after or even during the time that that, that they're serving and so uh, I I think the time to there used to be a time we would run and hide from this stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, get over it. You know that that kind of thing. I think that time is done. I think it's time now to to face the proverbial music and, and mm-hmm. deal with these deal, deal with these issues.
3: Yeah, it's okay to say I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. I this is hard. I need some help.
0: And it doesn't make you a pansy or a wimp or you know whatever. It's 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 real life.
3: Well, think about it. Is it is it Are you tougher if you're vulnerable? Is it is it I, I think people are very brave to say, I have a problem because no one wants to admit, hey, I'm struggling. If you're tough, that's what you do. You admit that you are mm. you're feeling vulnerable and you need some help and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing speaks more strength, I think, and, and a healthier person than to say, I can't do this on my own. I need help.
0: Yeah, yeah, agreed. I, I although there is that misconception uh, and you know me growing up, and maybe Kyle's a little closer to my age than you are, Tiffany. But uh, oh, where I don't, know. <laughs> I don't know. Where, but but it was you know back in the day, you were tough if you didn't admit your feelings. You, you, sure. The, the tough guy buried that stuff. We didn't, We put it away. You you would never see. I mean, I you know my dad. He listens to the show. Bless his heart. But I don't think I saw him cry for mm-hmm. my up until I was like seventeen years old. The first time I saw him shed a tear, I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. And, and that was, the way, that was sure. the way he was raised. That was the way I was raised.
3: Sure. No, at that point, maybe it's not right, wrong, or indifferent, you right. know, things and people change and hopefully for the better.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, We're talking with Kyle Whitehead, Chief of Police of St. George, and uh, Tiffany Mitchell, who is the public information officer with St. George Police Department. Uh, Wanted to talk a little bit about cold cases, and we'll get to that in a minute. And uh, also, we'll take phone calls when we come back. Compelling guests, hot topics, the latest news, always on the Andy Griffin Show. Is there a juicy part in it for me? Right here on News Radio 890. 92.5 KDXU. Southern Utah's news talk leader. Welcome back. I'm Andy. I'm so happy to be with you today and uh, glad that you're listening. I have the f- pleasure of having Kyle Whitehead and Tiffany Mitchell with me on the air right now. It's St. George Police Department, both dressed in their uniform blues, looking sharp. Thank you. Yeah, looking good. Uh, and uh, Tiffany's got her flak jacket on the outside, and Chief, I think, is wearing one on the inside, right? Oh,
1: mine's on the outside, too. It's just a different color. It blends in.
3: Oh. oh He's a chameleon. Yes. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, yeah no, I, I guess I didn't look close enough. Huh. I should have punched you in the stomach to see if yeah, it works. see if I was even wearing it. That
3: seemed like a really good idea. <laughs> a really good Andy, idea. Andy, I think, punch you know, next time you see the, the chief, you should, If, <laughs> yeah, punch if him you in could the get <laughs> away
1: with punching one, I would probably be the one to do because I'm sure my reaction time and, and some of my other <laughs> tactics have, have long, long left my, my abilities.
3: Or that. that'll spring into action and just surprise the heck out of you.
0: The training will take over. Yeah. And he'll have me on my belly with my hands behind my back before I knew it's it. like a snap. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to try. It, I wouldn't so I'm, risk I'm it. Pass, yeah. So. All right. Uh, we uh, again. If you want to call six seven three five eight nine zero, if you have a question for the police department here today for Tiffany or Kyle, uh, Seth is first up. Seth, hey, you got a question for the police or Tiffany? What's up?
2: How about one for you and the rest of the gang? Was there some kind of birthday other, uh, yesterday?
0: Birthday? Did one of you? Did Not mine. Message?
2: No? It, no. It, Tiffany?
3: It was Sergeant Bangor's on Saturday. Oh.
2: Mm-hmm. I heard you mention passing that it was somebody's birthday. I oh, thought it ter- was yours.
0: Terry Draper's birthday was yesterday. Oh. Yeah, over at the hospital.
3: Oh, was yes. it really? Yeah. Oh, I better.
1: Seth, when's your birthday? Today. Oh, happy
2: it's birthday. today? But I'm going to have two this year. Okay. Yeah. You're only, you're only supposed
0: the- to have one, though. So why, why do you get two? What's going on?
2: Well... Um, I believe I was uh, created at conception. Ah, okay. And say on the 25th of maybe May, I'm going to celebrate 80. Okay. Well... <laughs> and for Tiffany and, and, uh, and company, um, I'd like to ask if there's going to be a police academy, a uh, citizen's academy this year.
3: I am so glad you asked that. We are, we've got a few in the works, and maybe Chief can elaborate. But right now, Seth, do you have uh, social media? Do you have a Facebook account?
2: I do, but I I pay no attention. I, I don't want to get sucked in. You know. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs>
3: we're we're doing a Citizen Academy through social media. Virtual. Virtual. Yep. Um, but we are looking at how to do. Um, an online so uh, citizen academy as well as an in person.
2: Ah, now the best part of it for me is watching the performers do nine one one. I was hugely impressed with the skill of those people, and recommended that uh, only geniuses can do that job. Hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. a- yeah,
1: we have some great dispatchers. And you got okay, to be able and- to stay
2: calm for sure.
0: You looking for a and-
1: job, Seth? We
2: uh, no 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 no. I'm I'm retired and I like it.
0: <laughs> he's raising, so, he's raising uh, ducks, Kyle.
2: The the trip out at the shooting range at the uh uh well I got a chance to strap on a big gun and uh, shoot bad guys in a training room.
4: Yeah, How'd you
0: yeah. Do you?
2: How'd and you do? I interviewed a uh, an ex military uh fellow who was a murderer. And so that's the kind, and, and the bike patrol and all, just incredible amount of information. And I want to suggest to everybody that um, a couple of uh, nights a week and the canine and uh, all the other things that were part of that, uh, the explosives, the uh, tactical SWAT teams, and learned a great deal about what the police go through to be police. Yeah.
3: Yeah, no, awesome. We're going to put you as our spokesman, get you yes, to get right everyone right. to sign up for it.
2: I, I spokesman for everything. So <laughs> come,
0: come, come in. We'll record a commercial, Seth. You can, you can be the voice of the Citizens Academy.
2: Love it. Amen. <laughs> okay, I'll be down there on my birthday, so let me know.
0: Okay, sounds good. Thanks for calling. <laughs> Thanks, Seth. appreciate it. Bye-bye. six seven. We actually had some people on hold, but they hung up. Uh, probably wanted to hear Seth. so they uh, if you want to call back, we'd certainly love to hear from you six seven three five eight nine zero. Uh, I, I texted you guys earlier. I wanted to talk a little bit about cold cases in St. George. You know, we we feel like we're so isolated—not isolated in a bad way, but in a good way—from insulated, maybe is a better word—from the the dangers and evils of the world. But evil stuff happens even here in blissful St. George, Utah. And I know, Chief, you did you had uh, did a little research for me on some of the cold cases and things that are still out there here in St. George, Utah.
1: Yeah, and I can't take my, much credit for it. In fact, I called when we had our a little conversation this morning. I called my one of my investigation supervisors, Adam Olmstead, who wouldn't uh, just so happens he didn't want to come on be on the air. I said, hey, come on in and talk about cold cases. But he was uh, a little worried about the radio, I guess. So uh, yeah, he provided yeah. me a little bit of a, a summary of some of the cases that we've had uh, okay. throughout throughout our, our time here in St. So, George. So
0: first of all, it should be mentioned, we do have cold cases here in St. George. There are unsolved mysteries here in St. George.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Fortunately, I, I think that for a community our size, probably less than, I you know, so. similar. But uh, that that being said, it's, it's still, it, we still have some out there. And um, probably the most recent one that everybody would be familiar with and, and may still hear about from time to time is the Mason Smith mm-hmm, case, mm-hmm. and you know that one. Um, for several years, we were looking into that. A lot of leads, um, a lot of searching, and we, we still don't know what happened to Mason. and And so, we're always encouraging people if they have any information or or have anything that might help us, uh, please how, how reach long's
0: out. The, how long has it been now since he went missing?
1: I didn't look the case up, it's but I think, years, was, right? I, I think it was. I think it was. Prior to 2011, 2011 I was uh, mm-hmm. I took over as the captain in the investigations division, and I'm pretty certain that I took went into investigations prior. Maybe I'm wrong. I yeah, don't know. I, that it. was one I didn't because it was fresh enough in my mind. I didn't get the exact date, but Tiffany, Tiffany, I'm pull searching that up. it. She's
4: on
3: it.
0: She's on it.
1: So we've had a few others. So so that was one missing persons case. Um, we had another one in two thousand and nine. Uh, Stephen Kosher is still missing. He was uh, an, an individual living in St. George. His family was from up north. And his car was discovered abandoned down in Henderson, Nevada. Wow. And there was some uh, video surveillance, I believe, that showed a, a man pull up in the car and walk away from it. But we, I, I don't know that we ever determined that that was Stephen for sure. Um, but we don't know where he is. And so I know we've talked in the past about that one. That's another one that we continue. And I should mention this, you know, just because the case is cold doesn't mean that we... Uh, aren't focusing on it any longer every uh, at least once a year we'll have a detective go back through that file see if there's anything new whenever we have new detectives come in and they start to get some tenure we'll have them look at the case as well and see if maybe there's something that uh, the other investigators missed or a fresh set of eyes to maybe help reopen that case sometimes uh, and we'll talk about another case here in a minute from from several decades ago will even send evidence back to the crime lab to look for things like DNA and and some of those things. So
0: the, um, the fresh perspective of having someone else look at it sometimes can be amazing. I, I used to be a big fan of those, uh, those uh, I don't know, 2020 or whatever it was, those shows where they would outline a case. That was uh, oftentimes unsolved or just barely had been solved from years ago. Mm -hmm. And again, sometimes it's just a new guy looking at it. And there's nothing wrong with the guy that investigated in the first place. It's just that you needed a different perspective Mm -hmm. on on the facts.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So Mason went missing on September 1st, 2015.
0: Oh, 15. Wow. Yeah. So it's been uh, six and a half years. Yeah. And he was 14 at the time? He was 17. Oh, he was 17. Mm -hmm. So he'd be in nearing his mid twenties at this point if he's if he's still around somewhere. And that one we had quite a few
1: sightings and, and callers. Um, most of those we were able to follow up with and and found that they weren't, uh, they weren't actually him. But uh, we we did get quite a few leads on that
0: case. And yet he's still out there somewhere. We think. Yeah. Mm. Crazy. It, do you find? And I'm not really asking you guys to speculate, but does is it often the case of the person doesn't want to be found? They disappear somewhere. Because they don't, they're don't, they tired of their life and they want to go do something else? I don't know how.
1: You know, I, I couldn't speculate to that. It, it would be difficult to just completely disappear and assume a new identity. Unless you went somewhere that was very, you know, you left the country or you went somewhere very rural. Um, but, you know, at some point you're going to have to get uh, an ID mm-hmm. or some, some means of, of income. And so, not that, I mean, it happens. Don't get me wrong. But... Um, I don't know how easy that would be in today's digital age, you know.
0: Yeah, good point, good mm-hmm. point. You know, if, you, if you touch any of your social media accounts, all of a sudden you're found in mm-hmm. one way or another. So interesting. Okay. Do you have more, Kyle? Yes.
1: Yeah, so um, back in 2002, we actually had uh, two cases that are still out uh, open. Uh, Jason Dennis was a uh, teenager that went missing. His father showed up at the, one of the local schools. And reported him missing, and um, hmm. did several searches for him, and just a high weren't school able to find. And yeah, I lived down in Bloomington Hills area, hmm. and that uh, that was one that's that's still open. Um, that one's been reopened um, at least one other time that we've really spent some time looking through everything, and so we just don't know what happened to to Jason. Then um, in another uh, 2002 case was Lyman Platt. It was a homicide. Actually, Um, there was a discount golf store here on Bluff Street, and that was a a homicide with the uh, he was found in the golf shop with several gunshot wounds. We never did solve that case Hmm. there. There were some leads and some follow ups that we did. But uh, is unfortunately,
3: that, is that our only murder case that's unsolved? No,
1: no. There's there's, uh, there's one other that I'm aware of. Now, again, I I only know back to this this last one I'll talk about in 1991. Of course, it was it preceded me. I was uh, actually in 91, still in middle school. So,
0: it's, uh, yeah, I just graduated college myself. Ah, so, well.
1: so yeah, 1991, um, and I'm probably going to get this name wrong, but it's Irma Linda. Garza, uh, She was found down on South River Road, almost to the state line. If you remember, River Road used to go through and then turn into dirt. Um, she was found almost to Arizona on River Road. Um, it was a homicide. She was found shot to death. And um, really not any, nothing ever came of that one. We, we didn't know. Of course, in 91, there was probably, we didn't have the technology that we do today. Um, but that's another one that's still still outstanding. Previous to that, I, I couldn't tell you. I'm sure there are probably a few others. But
0: it's, it's crazy to think about uh, the families of these of these people that are missing, mm-hmm. and uh, and what they must be going through. I've been, you know, uh, the only one that that sparks my memory is the is the Mason Smith one. Uh, but uh, I remember when it first happened and the anguish that that family went through and all the postings on social media saying, "Please help us find him. Please help us." figure out what, it, what, what happened. And, and we still don't know. He could be dead. He could be somewhere else. He could have left the country for all we know.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's tough. I, I could not imagine as a parent, you know, or a family member going through something like that and not having that closure of knowing what happened to your loved one.
0: Mm, yeah, for sure. All right. Let's go to the phone lines. Uh, Hey, thanks for calling and being patient. What's on your mind today. We've got the St. George police on.
4: Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, I have a question about. Um, I am thankful that we live in such a place that's, that doesn't have hardly really any crime and, and it's, it's wonderful. Um, but my question is if there were a situation where, um, someone's committing a crime and a citizen wanted to step in, uh, what, what's the whole thing about a citizen's arrest? Is that even a real thing or is that possible for people to do to hold someone like that? And a citizen's arrest until police arrive or that's my question.
1: There is a statute on the books that talks about, uh, that does allow that for a citizen's arrest. Um, I would always, and I always caution people that, uh, you know, I would be hesitant to intervene if it's not a life safety issue. Um, in today's day and age with, you know, it's not like it was, Fifty years ago, where people were a little bit more. Well, I shouldn't. I shouldn't say this. It seems like you can. You can find yourself in in, you know, just just a verbal altercation can turn violent in seconds. And so, right. uh, You know, if it's somebody that's being beaten, you know, an assault, some some crime of violence, then you know that's something you're going to have to decide for yourself. There there are laws that protect you from that. As far as an actual arrest, um, let me see one we'll probably go, I'll have to pull this up. I can't remember the, reason, the statute.
4: The reason I asked was because uh, I was going through the, the gas station at Costco with a friend of mine the other day. And this, this gentleman starts yelling at the top of his voice, that, that some lady in front of him, Oh, you should go back to California. And I was like, and he just, he walked up, got in her face and was just like screaming in her face. And I was ready to step out and do something. Sure. And so was my friend. But I, we're like, okay, what, you know, it's not getting violent. This lady is being very cool and calm and almost ignoring him. But, I mean, he, he was just going off. And I'm like, boy, when when does a person step in and intervene? So
3: Well, I think that's a personal decision as to whether you feel safe and, and, and comfortable doing so. I certainly don't think there's anything wrong in explaining to someone that what they're doing is inappropriate and and asking them to to stop doing that behavior we have people that notice traffic issues There, someone's driving erratically or unsafe people call in and they're actually willing to and able to sign on citations to get involved that way so it, it's really personal as to whether you feel comfortable
4: mm-hmm. I, I, you, and this uh citizen thing that you guys are doing on online to help train people in some of the police stuff is that a Would that coincide with things like this?
3: Well, it's just to, it's, we're trying to educate everybody through social media outlet as to what we're all about. So what, what every, we're going through every department and just educating you, teaching you about what we do. So, Uh, and I appreciate that you're willing to get involved because I think there's sometimes there's too many, too many times that people don't get involved and and mm -hmm. she could have felt very threatened and wished that someone would have spoken up for her. So, I oh, think yeah, we all a have i you know? I'm sure we all have a responsibility <laughs> yeah. to watch out for each other. We have a hashtag #IMSGPD for that reason. Is that we want everyone to be a part of our police department because we can't be everywhere. Uh, but with that, we want you to be safe. We don't want you to put yourself in a in a situation where you could get hurt. But we also mm-hmm. appreciate everyone wanting and and hoping and trying to do the right thing.
0: Yeah, awesome. There's, hey, there's, thanks, guys. Thanks for the call I oh. Appreciate it. All right, let's go to line two. Hey, thanks for calling. You're on with St. George Police. And Andy, what's up?
2: Oh, good morning. I'd like to talk about the cold case situation. Yeah. Uh, there's a very famous cold case uh, in California, in San Elizabeth County, that was solved after 20 years by uh, Ian Parkinson, the sheriff there. She was, it was Kristen Case. You probably remember that. Mm-hmm. Kristen Smart, I mean. And um, so I would say kudos to those people not giving up because. Parkinson there did not give
4: up, and finally- Uh oh. Well, we lost her. Mm-hmm.
0: But uh, I, you know, the point she was making was uh, with the cold cases. Uh, sometimes it's up to the family to. I know you guys, I don't know if you like this or not, but if, if a mom, you know, if a daughter's missing and the mom keeps calling you, that's going to keep it a little fresher in your mind, especially to the investigating officers, right?
1: Well, I hope that we, it wouldn't take the family pushing us. I, I would hope that we we continue to, to look at all leads. And, and as long as information is coming in and there are things to be done, we're going to work those cases You know, we're not, it's not going to depend on the family. Now, at some point, those cases, unfortunately, do go cold. Mm -hmm. And so even if the family's calling um, repeatedly, I I don't know that that would necessarily make us go, well, we got to act like we're busy on this case if there's just (laughs) nothing to do, you know, and so that's... Good point.
0: Good point. Uh, I got to get a commercial break in. We missed it by only 10 or 6 minutes or something now, but we'll get a a break in. Uh, If you want to call, again, there's still time for you to call into the show. Uh, Joe Shoney is a loan consultant, and he has been sponsoring this show since I've been here and much longer. He's uh, He's been in Southern Utah for two and a half decades, Joe Shoney. Uh, believes in customer service more than anything else. He's not one of those guys that's going to leave you hanging. He'll he'll get a text or an email or a phone call every single day of your loan letting you know exactly what's happening. That's why Joe gets five out of five stars on Google Reviews. It's Joe Shoney with New American Funding. Phone number is 435-319-8214. Or just Google Joe Shoney, S-C-H-O-N-E-Y. He is NMLS121041. Final segment on the Andy Griffin show. If you're going to call, it's pretty much now or never, 673-5890. I'm on with St. George Police Department Chief Kyle Whitehead and uh, Public Information Officer Tiffany Mitchell. Thanks for coming in again. You too, you look great.
1: Always a pleasure.
0: Yeah. Feeling good? Thank you. Life is yeah. good. Kyle's going to be out in a patrol car, too. Well, he's going to be out in his car, but he's going to be out patrolling the streets.
3: In a police vehicle. Yeah, yeah. doing
0: police functions for a change. <laughs> that's, that's always exciting. Watch out. <laughs> you, I guess you can't really tell us where you're going to be, but uh, you'll be in a... We'll, we'll tell, we'll no, tell I,
3: you where we're going to be. We, okay. we just don't know yet, but...
0: Maybe we'll send you a text
3: every time uh, <laughs>
1: I change locations. If we're focusing on a certain area, I'll send you a text. You it'll know.
3: be in our. It'll be on our social media. We're not hiding. I've we'll not. make it very clear.
0: I'll be driving between here and home is the only driving I'm planning on doing today, so you don't have to worry where, about Where me. do you
3: live again? What part of town? I'm over just kidding.
0: In, <laughs> uh, over in Middleton, by the way. I'm in St. George.
3: So. <laughs> what do you drive?
0: I'm just kidding. Don't answer that. <laughs> uh, okay, now, hold on a second. I did actually, I, true confession, I got pulled over by St. George police about, uh, it's like a year ago, maybe nine months ago, on Bluff Street. I was just going down the hill and got going too fast and pulled me over and asked that magic question. Do you know how fast you were going? Mm. <laughs> I said, uh, actually, no, I, I don't know how fast I was going. and I was going, I don't know, like 10 over or 12 over or something. <laughs> but, uh, didn't get a ticket. Just got a talking to, which is which is good. Sometimes, actually, you know you remember when you were a kid and and you knew you were going to get a a whooping, a spanking mm-hmm. and and you knew it was coming, and the dread was way way, way worse than the actual spanking was in <laughs> fact, a lot of times you didn't even get one it, but but you had to think about it and worry about it for hours that's kind of kind, kind of the way it is sometimes with tickets you get pulled over and you're like, "Oh no, and,
1: and I then, think I had a brother that mastered the art of of you know screaming in pain before. <laughs> And so I, th- oh, I think at times it, it went a little lighter on him, but
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. well, in my family, I, I went, and I I did believe in, I guess they call it corporal punishment, spanking my kids to teach them some things. I mean, if you have a two-year-old that runs out in the street, you need to make sure that they don't do that again. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the lessons I had to teach my oldest boy. But I never had really had to spank the younger kids because they saw that their older brother got a spanking and they didn't. Okay, I won't do that now, mm-hmm. you know, whatever uh. he did. so. <laughs> It, it works somewhat. Anyway, uh, we're, we're talking cold cases a little bit. Um, how often do, do your detectives pull those things out? I mean, are these are, are, do they hang over their heads and they feel guilty about them all the time and they have to do them? Or, or do they just, uh, you know, at, at, at some point you go, you know what, we've got a file here. It has a, a bunch of cold cases and they'll get to it when I, when I get to it. No, they,
1: usually the supervisors will pull it back out. Um, I I think we've been looking at them traditionally every couple of years at, at minimum, but sometimes it's even more more often than that.
0: And and the thing about it that we don't maybe admit is there is there there are drugs in the street of Saint George, uh, and and a lot of times those missing people it has something to do with that kind of nefarious bad things. We don't want to admit it, but it's out there, I guess, huh?
1: Yeah, I suspect it, it can. It can, but uh, you know that's that's one thing. I think it's important to remember though. Sometimes when when people uh, either go missing or, or are victims of homicide, you know, I, I hate to uh, say, well, you know, they were they may have been involved in nefarious. It. Yeah, they were yeah, involved in nefarious terrible. behavior. Yeah. I I think it's the they regardless of what they were involved in, I they didn't deserve mm-hmm. what what happened. Yeah,
0: good point. Good point. Uh, you guys got anything uh, exciting planned besides pulling people over today?
1: A few meetings.
3: Yeah, working on traffic.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for spending your time with us today and uh, and talking all things SGPD. As you know, you're always welcome here. And if uh, not sooner, we'll definitely see you next month.
1: Good. Excellent. Thank you.
0: Tiffany and Kyle on the Andy Griffin Show, St. George Police Department. Uh, great job, as always. Tune in tomorrow. We've got, uh, let's see if I can remember who's on. To- oh, well, we're going to talk water tomorrow with Zach Renstrom.